Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Good evening, church family. It's good to be with you again on Wednesday night as we join together for our Wednesday night Bible study. And it's my prayer that that you've been led by the Spirit of God as you pray for uh, our uh, church family and your brothers and sisters in Christ and as you pray for uh, church needs and uh, uh, throughout our community. And, and I want to ask you, if you will, join with me in prayer as we come together as a family of God. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for all that you do, and we praise you for the many ways in which you bless us. And Lord, we thank you for uh, the answers to so many prayers in our life and so many things that we've lifted up before you. And and Lord, we, we know that you are a loving God that cares for us and cares for uh, so much that goes on in our life. And Lord, we just pray that you would uh, uh, continue to uh, work in us to see uh, the many ways in which you uh, bless our lives, Lord, that we might exalt you, that we might glorify you, that we might uh, lift our voices in praise to you, and and that we might uh, uh, exhibit praise to you, Father, for all the ways in which you uh, pour out your love towards us. And Lord, we thank you so much for the answers to so many of our prayers. And Lord, we, we praise you that uh, that you uh, care enough for us that, that you would uh, send forth your Son. And Lord, that you would uh, express your love to us in such a way that we, we cannot uh, reciprocate to you, we can't uh, express to you. Uh, all that we can do is to, to sing our praises to you. And thank you, Father, uh, for the ways in which you've given us uh, your grace and your love and your mercy. And Father God, we pray that you would help us uh, uh, this evening as we join our hearts together. Uh, Lord, that you would help us to see your word and that you would help us uh, to experience the great joy uh, that is found in studying your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, this evening we want to continue in our study of the fruits of the Spirit. Uh, we uh, have been uh, looking at the words of Paul written to the church at Galatia as he expressed to them uh, a, a sentiment of uh, uh, his expression of uh, the words of, of God as they were imprinted upon his life. And... Paul, uh, again, was uh, uh, just to uh, uh, express this to you. He, he was expressing uh, the desire of God in the life of these Christians, that they would not be bound by the, uh, the things of the world, but rather uh, and the law that had so entangled uh, the people of Israel. Uh, that they would be free. He says in verse uh, in chapter 5 of Galatians, uh, beginning uh, in verse 13, he says, You brothers were called to be free. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. 
For all the law is fulfilled in the commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. And if you keeping on biting and tearing on one another to pieces, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. And so Paul is 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 pleading with the church at Galatia, uh, the believers there uh, that are uh, uh, Christians as a result of Paul's work and, and Galatia there. He says, uh, don't allow uh, the things of the flesh to tear you apart, to uh, cause you to bite towards one another and and cause you to uh, tear at the flesh of one another. And he said he's calling them to live uh, by the Spirit of God. He says, you've, you've become children of God, so live by the Spirit. He says in verse 16, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. He says, uh, you can't live according to the flesh and expect to walk in the Spirit. He says you have to live in the Spirit. You have to live uh, uh, in the spiritual sense so that you will uh, not uh, walk in the flesh. He says you have to live in the Spirit of God. These entities are in opposition to one another so that you are not able to do what uh, you want. And since you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So he says, uh, don't try and seek to live by the law because you're not living and walking in the flesh any longer. You're living in the Spirit. He says in verse 19, Now the works of the flesh are obvious, which are sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, strife, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambitions, disseminations, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, even as I said before, those who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. He says this is why you can't live in the flesh. You can't live by the law. He says by doing so, you will live and walk in the flesh. You'll be wrapped up in the things of the flesh and you'll have a lifestyle that is wrapped up in these works of the flesh. He says uh, you have to live in the Spirit of God. He says in verse 22, the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit and let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying one another. And so Paul is is concerned for this church because there's a... a as I have told you before, there's a group of people that are Judaizers, the people who are uh, calling people to live uh, in the Spirit of God by going back and becoming Jewish, uh, becoming uh, a adherence of the Jewish traditions. Uh, and then by doing that, they can then become converts to the uh, to live under uh, the spirit once they live under the law, and so uh, they are uh, demanding that they uh, these new believers uh, follow the law according to the law of Moses, follow the law uh, and the stipulations of the law, and uh, he says. 
they're calling for you to become circumcised and to become devoted to God through the following of the law. And then once you do that, then you can follow God uh, uh, in Christ Jesus by following and the Spirit once you follow God through the law. Paul's argument is uh, he begins by recalling his uh, his converts to his own experience uh, of the Holy Spirit uh, and their own experience with the Holy Spirit. He says, didn't you come to salvation by the law or did you come to salvation by the work of the Holy Spirit? He says, look, you didn't come to salvation through the works of the law so why should you live by the law and then live in the Spirit? He says you need to uh, live in the Spirit of Christ, which came, uh, brought you uh, to salvation. He cites uh, the faith of Abraham as an example. He says Abraham didn't have the law. Abraham didn't uh, come to faith by fulfilling the law. He came to faith by living in the Spirit. Uh, and he... Uh, mounts a series of arguments uh, in terms of helping them to understand and know that they needed to uh, to uh, fear for their uh, welfare and for their effectiveness in ministry uh, by living according to the Spirit and not according to the law. When Paul's pleading with them uh, to follow his example uh, where they were to open up uh, to his teaching and ministry, and they were uh, they were came to faith through the Spirit, the Holy Spirit guiding them to an understanding of who Jesus Christ was, and then guiding them to become a believer in Jesus Christ. The Paul's urging them to hold fast to the freedom that Christ gave them when they accepted uh, Jesus into their heart and life. And he equates this legal legalism to the slavery uh, which they were all familiar with in their history. And to understand the grace of Jesus Christ as freedom through faith. And so uh, Paul is is helping them to understand the need for salvation and to to fulfill their salvation by uh, exhibiting the uh, the uh, uh, fruits of the Spirit in these attributes. And we looked at uh, the fruit of the spirits are love and joy, and so we saw that uh, uh, the. Christian needed to walk in joy last week, and we uh, we talked about all of those things. And uh, hey, Paul's comment to them that one who is in Christ and in the Spirit, uh, joy is associated with righteousness and peace and hope, and not just pleasant circumstances. And so uh, tonight we come to uh, the fruit of the Spirit, which is uh, the fruit of the Spirit is not just love and we we talked about love being not the eros kind of love that is between a husband and wife or a phileo love that's between uh, friends and people in the community uh, but is the agape love uh, which is uh, the the love that God shares with us and we talked about uh, the fruit of the spirit is not just love but joy and today is peace peace that uh, is in 
uh, this passage of scripture is the uh, the piece that is the word irene uh, in Greek, uh, which is now many of you probably are familiar with uh, the word shalom, which means peace. It is another word for peace. It is a word that is associated with the greeting between two individuals who are in the uh, uh, children of Israel. Uh, they would uh, greet one another um, with shalom, uh, and it, it does relate to peace. Uh, but this irene is a different word for peace. It is uh, uh, from the root uh, verb areno, uh, is, and this word means to join. Uh, it, it, it is a word that means peace, but it, by implication, it is, um, refers to uh, uh, peace that is uh, related to prosperity, one uh, uh, peace that is quietness and rest. So peace is uh, uh, a word that means many different things, and peace here is is uh, uh, a word that is is aspired to in the Christian life, and peace is. Um, the universal quest of all of humanity and throughout history, mankind has sought to find peace in their life. And, and many of you probably uh, desire to have peace. Uh, we have peace in our nation in that we are not at war. Uh, many of you uh, were brought up during uh, times of war, uh, the Korean War or the Vietnam War. Uh, may, some of you may even remember war War II, in which uh, our nation was not at peace. Uh, we have been in the midst of a, one of the longest wars uh, against uh, the Taliban and, and against uh, uh, the Al-Qaeda and, and uh, in Afghanistan and Iraq and, and other places. Uh, we have been at, at war uh, and a different kind of war during this period of time in which uh, we don't have an all-out war effort like uh, was experienced during World War II. Uh, we, we haven't had even a type of war that was experienced during the Korean and Vietnam War during this uh, uh, past generation of life. Uh, we have not had uh, the conscription of our, uh, our sons and daughters, our, uh, our husbands or wives or our uh, fathers or mothers to go into war and to uh, to go somewhere uh, halfway around the world that we've not even uh, known of. Uh, our uh, our uh, families have not been torn apart by this other than those who are people who uh, desire to volunteer and go into battle go uh, for our nation to go and to stand for uh, the uh, freedoms that we enjoy in our nation. But peace has been something that has always been universally desired. And many who go off into battle, go off into war, uh, the ultimate desire is, is that there would be peace, that not just so that they would have a cessation of war so they could come home and be with their families again, but that there would no longer be a threat of uh, warfare. Um, it is uh, 
peace is, is uh, though it has been sought after throughout history uh, uh, and by all of humanity, is defined differently in various uh, philosophical uh, views and, and cultures. Uh, the Greeks' view of peace was is uh, as the aim of life was serenity or tranquility uh, or a quietness of line, of mind. Peace was something that was obtained through uh, not just uh, a uh, going out and and trying to overcome someone in battle, but peace was seen as a uh, quiet mind, a tranquility in the mind. It was obtained by self-sufficient independence from all that caused trouble in life. And so there you can see and understand the, the concept of peace as being something that uh, that was able to uh, a an independence, a self-sufficient independence that 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 eliminated all the 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 turmoil and all of the the uh, problems, the troubles in life that allowed one to have peace. Uh, as such, peace by uh, from the Greek mindset was was viewed in a negative term uh, to mean the absence of pain in the body or uh, the absence of trouble in the mind. Uh, and many of those who uh, were uh, a stoic and had or had the the Greek mindset saw peace as something that was able to uh, peace as saw peace as something that was able to uh, eliminate the pain in oneself or trouble in one's life and was able to bring about peace into their life. But amongst the Jews, the Jewish mindset, peace had a very different as, uh, a viewpoint. And of course, we're looking at uh, Paul writing to uh, many who were uh, of the Jewish mindset. Remember, Paul is a Jew, uh, but Paul was also not only uh, writing from the Jewish mindset and the Jewish concept of thought, uh, but he was also writing in Greek, and he was writing to those who were uh, outside the Jewish mindset as well. So Paul was trying to convey a Jewish understanding of peace to those who had a Greek understanding of peace. Uh, for the Jewish mind, peace was uh, in, uh, was uh, that which epitomized the perfection of relationships in whatever uh, circumstance, and it signified something that was quite positive. So Paul was trying to, to demonstrate peace from a positive mindset to those who saw peace as something from a negative mindset. He... he indicated peace as not just the absence of something that brought pain in the in the body but rather as relationships and circumstances that brought a positive con concept of uh, everything being good, everything that makes for a person's highest good and that promotes a best relationship was seen as peace in the Jewish mindset. Therefore, the shalom, uh, the, the greeting of peace, uh, a different word for peace there uh, from the one that we have here in uh, Galatians, but the shalom peace was not not just the absence of pain, but the 
wholeness and the beneficial relationships that brought peace in one's life. And so uh, the Jewish mindset was that of, of gaining that which would bring uh, positive and beneficial relationships that would allow one to have peace in one's life. So how does Paul uh, want the, the, the Christian here in Galatia uh, to understand peace in his life. Well, of course, he wants the uh, you and me, and he wants that person in Galatia to understand not just peace in terms of warfare or peace that relates to uh, one's relationship to someone else in their life, but he wants us to understand peace that comes from God. Now, throughout Scripture, we understand uh, peace in terms of what Paul writes about peace, but not only Paul, but other writers in terms of God it being the God of peace. And how does uh, uh, Paul and these other writers want us to, to understand peace in relationship to God being the God of peace? Well, uh, uh, he want, uh, Paul and these other writers want us to understand that peace is not just a concept that is brought about by the absence of warfare or a relationship uh, that is a human relationship, but a relationship that is born of God, a relationship that uh, is the, the ultimate relationship that brings about peace in one's life. Paul is not just simply talking about peace in terms of having a beneficial relationship with your neighbor or your beneficial relationship with uh, 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 a tribe or a group of people that is uh, in their area. Uh, that would bring about peace in your life, but a relationship with God Almighty, a relationship with God of of Abraham and Isaac and, and Jacob, a, a relationship with God that brings about peace uh, in terms of not just uh, peace in oneself, that would bring about a relationship of, of, of goodness and righteousness in one's life, but a relationship with God in Christ Jesus. Now, how does a relationship with God in Christ bring about peace? Now, God, a God the God of peace, build on that relationship with Christ. It means that all believers receive something from uh, uh, the God of peace into their lives, which peace that then garrisons their hearts and their minds and acts as an arbiter in their communal relationships with others. Peace, therefore, is, a, is in the sense of a personal wholeness and a beneficial relationship that becomes a, the hallmark of a believer's life in the home, in the church, and throughout the world. It is a relationship with God through Christ Jesus that allows us to have peace, a peace not only with God, but a peace with everyone else that allows us to have that kind of relationship with God that, that, uh, that brings about peace and a wholeness of life and that allows one to have peace in the home with your relationship to your with your spouse with your parents with your children that allows a, a peace in, in one's life that through that relationship with with God through Christ Jesus brings a peace in the home where there was strife and there was enmity where there was difficulty and struggles in the church which is the next 
group of relationships uh, outside of the home is in the church where uh, you have peace with your fellow believers, peace in growing in Christ, a peace that, that grows in the understanding of your relationship with God and your relationship with each other where we're able to, uh, to have peace in, uh, in the home and the church and then in the world as an, a representative of God, as, a, as someone who has God living within us and as a, enables us to have uh, that peace that, that comes over us and, and exudes the, the nature of God throughout the world and not just in our home, not just in our church, but is something that that brings about peace in our life. That's what Paul means when he writes in Romans 14, 19, let us make every effort to do what leads to peace and a mutual edification. It is the kind of peace that allows us to, to, to have peace within our heart and our life, that allows us to... to, uh, uh, to have the kind of right relationships that we need to have with our family, with our uh, with our loved ones, that that then uh, allows us to to build each other up within the church, that can then uh, go out into the world and be a salt and a light in the world. That can be uh, that kind of relationship with others that, that brings about the love of God in their life. Jesus pronounced a blessing on all those who were peacemakers. You got to have peace within your life if you can, if you want to be a peacemaker. But Jesus blessed those who were peacemakers, saying that they were the ones who would be called the sons of God in Matthew chapter five, verse nine, uh, in the Sermon on the Mount. Paul associated peace not only with joy but also with righteousness and hope in his writings, and the trifecta of love, joy, and peace are rooted in the Christian life and the Christian language stemming from the words of Jesus Christ as uh, were reported in the book of uh, John and and that uh, 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 gospel of John how we as his people the people of Jesus Christ needed to have love joy peace and Paul is urging us to have the fruit of the Spirit of love, joy, and peace because these are the things that bring about love and joy. Peace brings about, uh, love and joy brings about peace. And with peace, we're able to have love and joy within our life. And we're able to then uh, uh, share that amongst our family, amongst our church family, and then carrying out that love and joy and peace into the lives of others throughout the world. What greater way to be an example of Jesus Christ than to have love and joy and peace? These are the antithesis to the, uh, the, the works of the flesh that Paul was denouncing in our life, those things that were so selfish and self-centered, those things that destroy one's life, those things that destroy not only one's life, but destroy one's relationship with the family and destroy one's relationship with in the community. 
Paul is promoting the things of the Spirit that that don't tear down and destroy, but build up and renew and cause new life. It's my hope and prayer that you will have love, joy, and peace in your life. That you'll experience the Spirit of God within you. And and the fruits of the Spirit might be evident within you. Most especially love. The love of God. That loves others unconditionally. That loves with the love of God. Joy that is the overflowing abundance of the love of God. And with love and joy come peace with one another. And with the building of of these uh, fruits of the Spirit, we uh, begin to build on not just building up one's own life, but building up the lives of one's family, one's church, one's community building up the world and experiencing the joy that comes with Jesus Christ. It's my hope and prayer that you have the Spirit of God living within you. That the Spirit of God is able to to be evident in you through the fruits of the Spirit. And that God's Spirit is so evident in your life that others see Jesus in you. Let's pray. Dear gracious Father, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to demonstrate your Spirit within us. And Lord, that your Spirit is so strong and evident within us that we exhibit not the the conditions of the law and the shackles of the law, but demonstrate the fruits of the Spirit. That we would not be so overwhelmed with the do's and don'ts of, of commandments and the law, but that we would be freed by the Spirit of God to live according to the Spirit and demonstrate the Spirit of God that is alive and vibrant within us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, may God bless you as you go uh, throughout the remainder of your evening. And it's my hope and prayer that you'll join us once again uh, the next time we come together as the body of Christ. Uh, remember, please share this with others. Even after we come together as a body of Christ once again, please share with others how they can find uh, our podcast on iTunes by searching for Mount Olive and uh, uh, Pelham or searching for my name. Uh, they can also find uh, 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 our uh, a podcast on SoundCloud. If you if you don't want to uh, chance them to uh, find that, text the 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 uh, uh, links that I've been sharing on our church uh, group text. Those links that are there, you can copy and paste those to a text to someone else and share that with them. Uh, let them know th- about our, our time together. It's my hope and prayer that God will grow within our uh, church body 
to the point where we're uh, using these uh, wonderful modern techniques of sharing our faith with others so that they can uh, so that the the word of God can go forth into others lives so that people can be blessed by the word of God and so that we can have a wonderful blessing uh, uh, to others in our families in our community uh, through the sharing of the message of God. It's my prayer that God will bless you as as you continue to walk in His faith and that we continue to grow in the Spirit of God. Until next time, I love you and God bless you.